From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And thank you. Welcome back once more to the Cannabis Podcast. I'm still here and I'm still Gary Johnston, still a bud tender. So I guess everything is, the, the universe is right. This is going to be kind of a wacky episode today. And I say that because as soon as last episode dropped, like the morning after, I got ripped off. Going to be talking about that because I was not pleased that it happened. Also, I'm taking a little different a turn on Cultivar Corner because this week, Cultivar Corner is going to be as local as it can possibly get. And in fact, I can't get more local than my backyard, which is where today's samples were obtained. We're going to actually do two on Cultivar Corner. Whoa, double bang. The first is we're going to take a peek at some of the flower, which came out of the backyard. And then, more excitingly for me, at least because this is the first time I've done it, going to take a small sample of some of the bubble hash, which subsequently came out of the backyard harvest. All that, plus we'll take a peek at a couple of stories about Canada's first year of legalization and some of the oddities that are still going on. All of that and more is coming your way on episode number 31 of the Cannabis Podcast. So let me start with the bad news. It's the old bad news, good news scenario. Actually, there's not a whole lot of good news in this one. So last week, or last episode, I shared with you the joy that I had over the cannabis plants, the four cannabis plants that grew in our backyard. The fact that the indica was the first to flower and the first to really come to blossom. And we harvested, well, we harvested all of those two indica plants, I'm happy to say. And then I guess I made some reference to the fact that, you know, last year we had them ripped off. Maybe the person was listening and, and got clued in again that, that there were some plants going on. My suspicion, quite frankly, is I think it was the same person or persons who ripped us off last year. The MO was pretty well the same, came over the back fence of the next door neighbor, which is an odd way to come into our yard. <laughs> but both cases, that's where the plants were thrown over as they were pulled out. So this is what happened. I woke up, I think it was on Thanksgiving morning, the Sunday of the Thanksgiving weekend, heading off to work for my early morning shifts. And I walked out the back door and there was absolutely no cannabis plants left. And there were two sativas. We'd harvested all of the indicas. The sativas were still, I'd pulled off maybe, maybe two or three ounces of that sativa because there had been a frost and I pulled off some of those branches that had been in pain, but the bulk of the plant was still there. <laughs> and it's, well, I have some choice words for them. The asshole stole them. That's what happened. I'm, I'm going to assume that it is a singular individual, perhaps with a couple of them. The funny thing is they left two of their tools in the garden, a fairly nice pair of shears, which would have no hope of cutting through any of the stock on those plants, and a, a red flashlight, like a bike light, but it was red. I guess they felt that the red was going to be hidden more than if it was a bright white light. So they did leave those two. We reported it to the RCMP said, hey, we got our cannabis plant stolen. We'd like to consider that a theft. And then, of course, they said, well, do you have any cameras? Were there any witnesses? Can you give us a description? Do you know which way they went? 
all of the various questions that we had no answer to. So I suspect there is going to be a slight change in behavior around our location next year. I'm not even going to talk about it on this program because that may in fact be, I might be setting myself up for more pain than I'm prepared to handle. I'd like to think not though. We're going to go to a different variety next year and also going to put in some security. I think it's time we got some cameras out in the yard so that we at least have a visible into our backyard close enough for the camera. If anything needs to happen, should we either get ripped off again or have some other thing happen, we'll be ready for it. So that is one decision that has been made based on the experience of the last couple of weeks. Terribly disappointed. This is the second year in a row where the bulk of my sativa has been taken before I really truly had a chance to explore it. So we did get a bunch of the black indica off. That is what we're going to be featuring on Cultivar Corner this week. And then we'll also touch into a little bit of the black or the bubble hash that was a result of that indica. So those are some good things. So again, the bad news, I got ripped off. And that is a factor, I guess, we're all going to have to get used to with Cannabis 2.0. The fact that you may be legally allowed to grow four plants, at least in BC, in a place that are not visible from a public space, which we followed all of the rules. We kept them hidden. They weren't visible. And still somebody came along and took the spoils of our harvest and the spoils of our work. Now, here's the true irony from my perspective. The second sativa plant, it had hardly any bud on it. Like, seriously, it was not going to even be touched for probably another three weeks because they were just tiny little buds. They really had truly just started and they ripped it out. <laughs> the humanity. Okay, there's maybe not much humanity involved with that, but still, still ticked me off that some asshole that stole my plants again, lo and behold, I'm going to find a better way to keep my cannabis to myself next time because despite the fact that they may have ripped me off, they're not going to stop me from growing my own cannabis. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. This is the Cannabis Podcast. And now I want to ch check a couple of things out on leafly.ca. Uh, they, of course, celebrated Canada's first anniversary of legalization, which happened on October 17th. We just went through another federal election in Canada, and the party that brought us legalized marijuana is now still the government, but they are a minority government now. They won a, or won a whole lot less seats than they had intended. And I just realized that the story that I was going to talk about is just a whole bunch of events that happened on October 17th. Yeah, probably not a whole lot of interest to dive into those since the event itself is over. Not too much happened in our corner of the world on what I refer to as Happy Cannabis Day, Happy Legalization Day. Sent out a couple notes on social media and such. Certainly wake and baked my, or woke and bake, woke and, and baked. <laughs> I'm not even sure if that's a phrase. It, it, well, it is now. I woke and baked my way through the Happy Cannabis Day, Happy Cannabis Day, October 17th. And of course, the big news was that's when edibles became legal, although still pretty difficult to get them. People are just now understanding, I think, what the new Health Canada regulations are about edibles. To put it in context, right now in those stores where you can get edibles, and they are out there, there are many of them, despite the fact that they're 
not supposed to be available until after 60 days of Health Canada looking at an application. I know that one of the local companies, THC Biomed, has put in an application. They are, in fact, going for a company drink. They've called something THC Kiss, and they have put in their application to produce THC Kiss because there is a 60-day window, not likely to see any of that before mid-December, but it's cool that there is a local company that is going down that path. But the point I wanted to reference was, again, in case you haven't figured it out, the Health Canada regulations for edibles are considerably lower than what is currently out on the market. On the market now, it is not difficult for you to find some edibles that are 10 milligrams per dosage, even higher, 25, 50, 100 milligrams per dosage. Had somebody come in the other day asking for an edible dosage of 300 milligrams. Whoa, major, major hit. But here's the discrepancy between the real world and what Health Canada has put forward. Health Canada is proposing that the edible dosage will be one milligram per item. Have 10 in a package? Well, then you have hit the package maximum of 10 milligrams. 10 milligrams maximum per package in cannabis edibles. Well, what that means is that those who are now in the market and are getting their edibles at 10 milligrams per piece are simply going to be buying a whole bunch of packages. Again, it's going to be a deciding factor, the price that they bring those elements into the market, whether or not they're going to, again, pump up the black market by keeping the prices artificially high on the legal side so that it is still easier to get and and cheaper if you access it on the black market. And speaking of that, I would love to do an informal survey of everybody who's listening to the Cannabis Podcast at this very moment. Open up your email, put in info at CannabisPodcast.com, and either in the subject, you can just put one word if you want, or you can give me a, a note underneath to give me a bit more detail. But what I'm really curious about is those who are listening, where are you getting your cannabis? Let me get a sense of that. Are you getting it from the legal market? You're getting it from your dealer that you've been dealing with for years. Maybe you found a new dealer who's given you a better deal. Maybe you found a new dealer who's even offering delivery. So legal, black markets, a mix of both. Give me a sense of where you're getting your cannabis. And then I'll compile all of that and and report on that next episode. Get a small understanding of what's happening in the cannabis market across our country. So there is the woes and the tales of what's happening out there now. Looking forward to seeing some of these edibles come to the fore as we head into December and get more of the manufacturers along the line. Also like to see a considerable change in what's happening in the packaging on the legal side. We obviously are hearing more and more of that as still more stores open up. And speaking of stores opening up, (laughs) we here in the central Okanagan are still literally with one additional retail store that is open for cannabis. Still waiting for more. Our provincial government is incredibly slow. They said they dumped a whole bunch, but they haven't dumped a whole bunch in the Okanagan, still waiting for more stores to open. And I hope that's going to happen sometime soon because I'm getting really tired of waiting for that. (laughs) Uh, But that is the woe of being a cannabis consumer in Canada in 2019. THC, CBD, What's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Go to our corner. Go to our corner. Oh, yeah.
stuff to me. And welcome back to Cultivar Corner and, shall we say, a slightly different corner. Maybe it's a kitty corner, Cultivar Corner, this week. Because I don't have anything from the legal retail market. In fact, this is all developed locally and personally. I'm going to, in fact, start off with some bubble hash. So, as I mentioned in the last episode, after the harvest, I picked up some bubble bags from bubblebagdo.com, or .co, I guess. And really an easy process. Now, I learned a few things in that process. So, for those unaware, here's what happens with bubble hash. You're taking a bunch of the uh, trim, bunch of the trim leaves that you have taken from your plants. We did wet trimming, so we had a fair amount of it. Put a substantial amount of that into one of the bubble bags with some ice in the bottom and ice on top of it. Let that sit. Now, now in, in our case, there were four different size bubble bags. So in the top one, that's where all of the leafy material goes. And then it has a reasonably sized micron filter at the bottom of it, which everything sifts through. Get smaller and smaller as we go to the bottom. Four bags in total. First bag is where we have all of the leafy material and all of the ice. Let that sit in that icy mixture. What you're trying to do is you're trying to freeze the trichomes off of all the plant. Once the trichomes become frozen and brittle, they fall off and they drop down. And the series of filtered bags means that that bottom bag is going to be some really nice concentrated trichomes. Delicious. Looks kind of cool too. Process was really easy. My wife and I kind of both enjoyed it. She did most of the stirring. I did most of the extraction. And it worked really well. And we got a substantial amount. Well, substantial amount. It's not worth uh, ripping off, by the way, anybody. It's not that much of a substantial amount. It's just a little bit. <laughs> but we got this really nice, very sweet-smelling hash. Bubble hash. And it's called bubble hash because of the process of going through the bubble bags. And supposedly it's supposed to bubble a little bit when you smoke it, but... I haven't actually seen that, but really impressed with it, really pleased with it. And I have to say, after my wife had her first toke of it, she said, ooh, ooh, that's really nice hash. So that's our first sample today on Cultivar Corner. We're calling it Okanagan Blonde. <laughs> Guess it is a little bit blonde. And this is uh, what bubble hash uh, tastes like and the effect it has. And I'm just using a tiny little pipe. Oh. Mm. I had forgotten how much I like the taste of hashish. It's just so much sweeter than the cannabis flower. And <laughs> I am really impressed with the hit on this hash. I'm also fairly impressed that the pipe hasn't sent me into a coughing fit because that sometime is a result. <laughs> okay, it's starting a little bit, but no, I'm stopped it. Oh, but really such a sweet taste. And bam! <laughs> Without a word of a lie, I have immediately got my happy eyes. I'm feeling really buzzed. Just Wow. I'm astounded at how quickly it comes on and, and how strong it is. So if you have the opportunity where you have a little bit of leaf from the plants you're growing and you don't want to throw them out, you'd like to get some value out of them, 
I strongly suggest doing a search for bubble hash, picking up some bubble bags yourself. It's an easy process, it's a lot of fun, and it really is quite fascinating as you go down into those smaller micron holes with the filters that are deeper down in the bucket. The amount that comes up of that, like, I was absolutely astonished with. I guess that's the good news from the bad news, good news scenario. When those sativa plants did get ripped off, they left some just leaves laying on the ground. Had minor amount of bud, but but significant amount of leaves. So we thought, well, let's let's throw those throw those in a batch. We did, and that was also where oh, and it just smells so good. <laughs> that is also where we changed our methodology. Prior to that, I dug some information up and bubble hash the the instructions I had been given or had read said, put it in in a nice bath for 10 minutes, then stir it for 10 minutes and then let it sit for another 10 and then start the extraction process. Well, with the remainder leaves from the plants that got stolen, I decided to extend that. So we went for a a 20 minute freeze, no, a 30 minute freeze, then a 20 minute stir, then a 30 minute wait. And wow, I know that I will do that methodology next time because the amount of extract that came out from that longer activity was astounding. Got about three ounces. No, not three ounces. Oh, wow, if I got three ounces, people would be banging down the door. Three grams of really nice sativa bubble hash off of one run. So I was pretty impressed with that too. And pretty impressed with the hit as well. I'm sorry you can't get any. But maybe if you and I meet someday, I'll get a chance to share some with you. So the first event on Cultivar Corner this week is the delicious bubble hash, which we're calling Okanagan Blonde. (laughs) I don't know if it'll catch on or if I've produced enough that everybody can have a sample. But I have to say, I'm pretty happy with it. And now it's time for part two of Cultivar Corner. We already did the bubble hash, and I promised we were going to take a look at the black indica. And quite pleased. So to put this into perspective, so we harvested starting the latter part of September. Flowers actually went pretty quick. We harvested because there was some amber showing up. Not a significant amount, but the amber was present. And I find for myself, that's the best time to harvest. So we started drying then. And about seven to 10 days, a lot of the crop was done and then started the curing process. And curing has been happening for almost three weeks now. The bud that I'm looking at here, there's the sound of the nugs inside one of the glass jars, which is, uh, of course, what you're trying to do is to give them the opportunity to just nug up. And by nug up, that's when you get those really hard packed little buds that are just, oh, they feel so good. And, and these are nugging up real nicely. As I look at this particular strain, so this was a black indica and there's lots of nice little orange hairs throughout the bud. There's a, um, fruity, almost a fruity kind of odor and really sticky. Mm. Quite pleased with how these are nugging up. So the cure is going well. Now, it's always a little tenuous to start smoking it at various parts. Of course, you have to. (laughs) You got to give it a try, right? 
So I'm now going back to a joint for this one. Did the hash in the pipe. Now, because I'm doing this in a joint for the one specific reason of this is some stuff we grew by ourselves, we did not use a lot of fertilizer on it. We only did it for a couple of weeks as the flower was processing. But I want to be absolutely sure that the flush that occurred afterwards was correct. And so far, I'm very pleased to say that the ash off of said joint is nice and white. There's no black there. It's just, hmm. Has a nice taste. Uh, not harsh at all. And then the fact... Different than the hashish. The hashish is just a bang, here I go. Bam, you better be ready for me. This is more of a creep up. On the black indica, the first feel is, again, just a, just a tinge of happy eyes. A little bit of euphoria. Yeah, okay, I'm smoking some cannabis. That's feeling pretty good. And then it tucks into a real nice relaxation in fairly short order. It's just that kind of... Just a, just a feel good, kind of high. Hmm. Very pleased. We're both very pleased with the end result of our product. Uh, I won't bother saying how much I got out of it because I don't want to tempt anybody else. But we were happy with the end result. We were happy with the process of growing our own cannabis. I think it's something that everybody should do. In fact, I've seen a number of discussions, especially back on the uh, Canadians group on subgroup on Reddit, where a lot of people are saying that they're thinking that even if the retail stores are open, they're going to be a little slower now as the harvest comes along, because many people like myself and perhaps you have been growing their own and don't have that same need to go visit the retail stores over the next little while. So that's always a positive as well. And once more, I do not have the ability to share this with you. Except in small circumstances, when you and I perhaps meet and sit down and smoke a joint one day, who knows, maybe that will happen. And if it does, I'll gladly pull out a little bit of our black indica and roll up a nice big fat doobie and share it with you, because I'm pretty happy with the taste, pretty happy with the effect as well. And after this little foray into the local side of things, we'll head back to another one of the private retailers next week. And we'll do another Cultivar Corner heading back into the legal markets. Again, if you have any suggestions, please send them along to info at cannabispodcast.com. We'll take your suggestions to heart and who knows. So there we go. Black Indica, homegrown and pretty happy with the end result. From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Now, speaking of the ability to purchase cannabis, <clears throat> as we have many times, on this podcast, I was intrigued by a story. This was on CBC News, actually pointed to it by my friends at OkanaganSea.com. Thanks once again, David Wiley, for allowing me to rip off some of your links. <laughs> and he initially talked about this particular story, but this is a CBC News story. Cannabis stores in BC marked their first year of legal sales with mixed reviews. And boy, will I ever add to that mixed review part of it. <laughs> and here is the story. A year after Canada legalized cannabis, the system of public, private, and online sales in BC remains a work in progress. At its core, the system is simple. The BC Liquor Distribution Branch, or the BCLDB, operates its own BC cannabis store shops and online sales, as well as 
wholesaling cannabis from licensed producers across the country to private retailers. It is the only access to cannabis for private retailers in the province of British Columbia. But it becomes a bit of a patchwork where municipalities have added their own rules and dispensaries go through those vetting and licensing systems, and that is apparently what has happened in our province over the course of legalization 2.0 and 1.0. There are now 85 provincially licensed private dispensaries, all of which have cleared local government hurdles, and there is a map on this particular article. You can take a peek at that. Again, the article link is back at CannabisPodcast.com. There are seven official BC Cannabis Store locations, none of which is in Metro Vancouver or the Okanagan, as far as that goes. And there are at least nine more government stores planned. Some areas lack stores completely, mainly because municipalities have a veto power on the issue. Some, like Vancouver, have moved aggressively to create zoning and licensing rules for companies wanting to set up shop. But others have put in complete bans, and some are taking a wait-and-see approach. By and large, our members appear to be satisfied with how the system is operating, said Sukhmer Mahatate, new president of the Union of BC Municipalities. Well, pardon me, Mayor, but many of us in the industry are not all that happy with how it's going. The Central Okanagan, a case in point. I mean, these shops here were approved locally by the municipality months and months ago. I did an interview with the people at the planning departments in both the city of Kelowna and Penticton back in January. It's not a delay in the municipalities getting to this point. Attorney General David Eby's ministry, which oversees the BCLDB, said on Thursday that a little more than $60 million worth of cannabis has been sold in licensed stores since legalization, adding up to nearly five tons. Now, the spokesperson was unwilling to say how much of that was through private stores and government-run stores. According to that spokesperson, as of October 1st, there had been 145,454 transactions through the online BC Cannabis store, totaling the equivalent of 1,514 kilograms of cannabis. Cannabis sales in BC in July totaled 5.5 million, according to Stats Canada, up from June, but less than a quarter of the sales in Quebec, Ontario, or Alberta. And of course, it is the growing pains in BC which is making our situation so much worse. The article goes on to talk to a former dispensary owner. He operated a gray market shop in Vancouver in the years leading up to legalization. He was among the first to get a license from the province, but nevertheless, it required tens of thousands of dollars in legal fees and lots of patience. He wasn't able to sell cannabis for about two and a half months after it became legal. A quote from him says, on the whole, it's been very, very positive. You know, there are still bumps, there are still steps. There are things that have to be fixed, but we're getting there, said Babbins. The legit market's a lot better, a lot better. He said he doesn't have to worry about looking over his shoulder. And while profit margins were much better before legalization, he gets more business now. Initially, Babbins had to learn to deal with the BCLDB's 37 licensed producers. And there were bad or old batches of weed. But now he's confident in the product he's selling. And the story is completely different now for Don Briere, owner of Weeds, Glass & Gifts. At its peak, Weed had 36 unlicensed stores across the country, with 20 in B.C. Briere said in a year, the company had roughly $45 million in revenue, and about $10 million of that paid in taxes. He was selling products outlawed by the federal government, like shatter and edibles, but in June, he began shutting his stores down, and now he's trying to get licenses to reopen the maximum eight dispensaries in B.C., 
He may not be happy with the quality of the cannabis available through the BCLDB, the cost or the packaging, but that's what he's got to sell if he's going to get into this business. And that's the way it is. If you're moving into the legal business, there is no choice, especially in BC. You have to take it from the BCLDB. And there we go. We are almost, well, we are over a year now. It is well past October 17th. Cannabis has been legalized in our country for that long, and we are still not necessarily where we want to be. But it is, as we have pointed out many, many times, at least cannabis is legalized in our country. We do have that. And thankfully, the government that got us legalized cannabis uh, did not lose power, and we're not having that revoked, which was what my biggest fear was. As always, if you have any suggestions for topics you would like to hear or people you think that we should talk to, please send us a note at info at cannabispodcast.com. Remember, I'd also like to know where you're getting your cannabis, legal, off the black market, or a mix of both. Be really pleased to hear that. We will try to dig up a new cultivar for next week's Cultivar Corner. And that about wraps it up for episode 31 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the cannabis-infused studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while, while we, we break, break it all down. down.